Hello and welcome to another rendition of the Tour Scottish Football Ramble. My name is Aaron Crow, and tonight we're joined by none other than the man, the Mikey, the Mothman. How are you getting <laughs> on, buddy? Not too bad, yes. How are we all doing tonight? Woo! <laughs> Let's go. Uh, well, good, good. I, I mean, tonight uh, we are going to be going over the first weekend yeah, of the Scottish best. football season. Um, hopefully, you know, tonight we can produce some decent audio quality. It doesn't sound like we're recording it of a baked potato. That would be very, very helpful. Yeah. So that we can hear Mikey's very, very good and constrained opinions. But um, <laughs> before, think, you know, like Aaron, uh, it was our first attempt at a bit of content in a in a while. Uh, not an excuse, just you know, only only going to be up from here, isn't it? So, no, hundred percent. And then before we do divulge into you know our thoughts and feelings of the, the weekend's results ahead, just wanted to get touch base just regarding some European fixtures. Obviously, got three oh, Scottish clubs competing. Um, in the next couple of days, very, very big games for Coefficient FC. I'm just going to quickly it. ask you, Mikey, each game, what you think the scoreline is going to be. So uh, yeah. the first one, Rangers at Ibrox against Servette. What do you think the score will be? Um, well, so, you know, just in this case, I, I'm always Coefficient FC. The tour is Coefficient FC. Um, I would uh, kind of like to see Rangers, you know, putting a bit of respect back on. They didn't perform particularly well in Europe last season. I mean, they were in the Champions League group stages, obviously, but they got bobbied by absolutely everybody. Uh, so it would be nice to see them just maybe smashing uh, this Swiss mob at home. I'm going to say 2-0 Rangers. 2-0 Rangers. And confident, next, confident victory. And then next we'll go to Rosenberg, who hosts Heart of Midlothian. What do you think the score yeah. will be there? Um, it, it, it's bewildering that Rosenberg are in the Conference League for a start. I'm sure Hearts fans will be a bit gutted to see a team of that stature. Um, up against themselves. I think Hearts get out with a 1-0 defeat and maybe take it back to Tynecastle, uh, you know, looking to maybe smash them at the fortress that is tiny. <laughs> and uh, last but not least, Hibs at home to Lusrin. What do you think the score will be there? Yeah. Uh, just what on earth is going to happen in this game of football? Genuinely, probably could be one of the hardest games to predict all year. Luzerne. Like, someone tell me anything <laughs> about Luzerne, please. Uh, I know there are Swiss mob as well. And maybe Hibs just are decent in Europe, apart from the opening blip. So let's say 3-1 Hibs. 3-1 Hibs, there you have it. There is your three correct scores. <laughs> please put your money all on Mikey Tucker's predictions. <laughs> we know yeah, his bet. Well, uh, we've, we've got the Dons draw. Uh, I'll just briefly maybe touch on that as well. Great do uh, draw for the Dons. Probably couldn't have had a better team out of the entire pot uh, than Vilnius or um, the the other the other mob that we got Hacken. drawn against. His name escaped me. Hacken, that's right. Swedish team that we we pumped at Petodri a few years ago. Uh, the one thing is, you know, teams are never going to be in this stage by mistake. So even if we get Vilnius, you just can't hold your breath at all. They're there for a reason. Yeah, um, well... I mean, I did have a little bit, of, I guess we'll, we'll touch upon this now. I did have a little look into, you know, both teams. Uh, I mean, they're Lithuanian champions for three seasons running. Narrowly lost out to Galatasaray um, in the previous qualifiers that they were in. And, you know, they seem to have beaten a few OK teams in the last couple of years, including like Malmo, for example. Right, um, yeah, so they could, yeah. could be a, a tricky team to come across. Whereas Hakan... Uh, I mean, you guys just pumped them 5-1 at Tawdry, but this team have, I think, improved since then. They've won their first oh, yeah. English title last year. 
it'll be a trickier draw, but as you say, it is by far the best draw they could have oh, got for oh getting it. When you looked at the other teams and there was the likes of your Panathinaikos's and, you know, these big sort of not huge teams, but teams that are definitely going to be the favourites um, going into a tie, tie like this. Uh, they've been there. They've done it. We've not in so long. It's as simple as that. Hopefully I, the Dons can just beat one of these teams, whoever we get, like just beat them and then, the rest doesn't really matter. We're in the Europa League group stages, to be honest. That would be tremendous to see from an Aberdeen perspective. And, I mean, just to give you a little bit of um, confidence about going into it, you have actually played both sides. Obviously, Hacken was quite recent. Uh, you have beaten them. But you did play the Lithuania outfit back in the 96-97 UEFA Cup qualifiers and beat them. Wow. So <laughs> there you go. There's some uh, fun field oh, statistics. Show me up with this immense research crow. Fair play. Thank you too much. <laughs> but yeah I mean all the best to all the, the teams in Scotland hopefully they can yeah. do us proud it'd be great to have the Dons in you know the Europa League and uh, yeah, the Europa League itself that, that would be magnificent but we'll see really what happens really. you know what Scottish teams are like in Europe but um, yeah we're going to crack on to review the games of the weekend now there was all sorts of funky madness happening in Scotland like there always is um, and, and I think there's no better place to start than at Rugby Park Mikey did you ever forecast Kilmarnock 1 Rangers 0 I'm I'm not going to say yes directly oh. nah but um, <laughs> I, I think I think anyone that said that they thought Kelly were going to win uh, are lying obviously but what I will say is I didn't think that they would get hammered and I didn't think that Rangers would walk over them and Derek McInnes has had a long time now to get his claws into this team like we said on the week one um the the preview for the season podcast Kelly are now a Derek McInnes side they're going to be well organized they're going to be really difficult to beat at home they were last season already they're going to be even harder to beat at home this season on that pitch with that team with that manager like you could play you could play pretty much anyone and it's going to be an absolute drag it's not going to be an easy te- an easy tie for any team rugby park this season and killy like i'm not even going to say anything about how poor rangers were because like they were bad but just all plaudits to Kilmarnock who made life hell for rangers rangers had no idea how to break when you watch the game they were going back they were going side to side and there's nothing more frustrating as a favorite fan when you're in the stands and you see the team that's meant to be blowing we killy away kind of thing and they just have no idea what they're doing or it seems that way and then killy obviously pimps on the one mistake in the box set pieces it's just mckinnis ball at its finest so you've got to give uh kilmarnock all the credit and you've got to give Derek mckinnis all the credit as well i think Totally agree. Uh, I mean, you've absolutely summed it up perfectly. I think it's easy for people to be like, oh, Rangers were poor, Rangers were this and the next thing. But Kilmarnock had a game plan which they yeah. executed to perfection. Um, I mean, in oh, terms yeah. of getting a goal, I, I don't think a goal was ever going to be seen by them, but they did manage to pounce on a mistake from a long a long ball into the box yeah. and throw in. Um, so hats off to Killy. I mean, the, their defence, after seeing it actually uh, playing, I mean, that back three looks like it's going to be a very, very hard back three to penetrate with Mayo, Stuart Finlay and Robbie Dees in there. I mean, Robbie yeah. Dees, a great pickup from, from Inverness. and He's um, looking superb already, like a really great signing already. And also, I mean, up top, they've got... I, I did hear McInnes saying he was wanting to bring in another striker um, at some point, but I mean, they have... 
out, out wide Armstrong and, and Kennedy with Watkins running about like donkeys up top. They did really put the pressure on Rangers and they buckled, quite simply, they buckled. Yeah. Um, their, their new signings were not up to scratch. They, some of them didn't look fit enough. Some of them, I just think, had a reality check to what they've actually walked into. And also, I mean, touching on Beal, I think Beal might even be out his depth here. I think Beal has serious question marks. And I think Rangers fans have been misled with such an, uh, such an appointment for this long now, having Michael yeah. Beal in charge. And I'm seeing people maybe calling for his head already after one game. And I really, really find it hard not to... Obviously, it's only one game. It's one game and let's not get carried away. But he has no charisma. And it's really hard to, to say that Rangers are going to now go on and win the league. It's just literally impossible. Rangers are meant to win every single football game. That's what they're yeah. embroidered yeah. to do. And I just don't see Beal being, being the man to do that. I mean, the, the stats speak for themselves. I'm just going to quickly run through some statistics here, Mikey. Just Beal... In comparison to, to Brendan Rodgers, the appointment at Celtic have made. So Beal has been a manager, 52 games, 32 wins, 7 draws, 13 defeats. Brendan Rodgers has had 690 games, 356 wins, 140 draws, 194 losses. At that time, he has taken Swansea through the playoffs into the Premier yeah. League. He's won two two leagues with Celtic, two Scottish Cups with Celtic, three League Cups with Celtic. He's won an FA Cup with Leicester, a Community Shield with Leicester, guided them to a semi-final European comp competition. This is what Rangers have got, Michael Beale yeah. in charge instead of that. It's How do you as a Rangers fan get yourself fired up um, getting behind someone like that when you see your big arch yeah. rivals having someone like Brendan Rodgers at the throne? I think, I think you, you honestly, Honestly, when you, when you put it like that, it's really hard to see how Rangers fans can be motivated by Beal. I think the reason that they've been motivated by him in the past is because he he kind of brings this fresh look. He's like, he seems like he could be turned into a really sort of, you know, the, the staunch Rangers man. He does have that image, but it's all it's all waffle, you know, to use one of your favourite sayings, Aaron. He's, he's all fart no poo by the looks of things. He's been yeah, no. at QPR before and he's done he's done well there. But does that merit you the Rangers job? No, it doesn't. No, it's quite simple. No, and in, his, right. and in his, in his um, press conferences, he's always like, you know, as as a as a fan, obviously, of one of the non-old firm teams, you do kind of like to see a bit of credit thrown your way. But he's far too complimentary to the other teams in the league. He always talks about how difficult places are to go, um, how these teams are good and stuff like that. Like... I'm not being funny. As a Rangers manager, you should have the attitude of, like you said, we win every single game. We blow every team away. We outplay every team. We smash every club that is not Celtic, basically. Yeah. That's your that's your outlook. You don't no, go around praising right. other teams. So. And these players that he's brought in, they need to get to grips with that pretty soon, or it could be absolute turmoil um, at, at Rangers. But yeah. uh, big game, big game for them midweek if, if they do as you say they could easily turn that into nothing to kill the game they can win this game 2-0 3-0 whatever and then push on um for the game uh yeah. at the weekend but it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they how they do to tomorrow night uh against yeah. Servette and if they can overturn that and and well I mean we'll guess we'll sit back and see but yeah I mean I'm that's sort of, I'm sort of banking on the Ibrox atmosphere kind of generating that and maybe p- pushing them to a, a victory there because um, we've obviously not seen them in a competitive match, Ibrox yet. So that's yeah. gonna be that is gonna be really interesting. Um, if it goes wrong, then Beale's arse is right over the fire. Like, 
<laughs> no, you're absolutely buying on it. You're buying yeah. on it. And I mean, fair fair play to Kilmarnock. All all the best. A big game for them um, coming up at the weekend. Um, so, you know, we'll see how they get on Hearts away. If they're able to to keep Hearts to a draw or whatnot, then we could see a proper proper Derek McKenna side up and amongst oh, yeah. it. But but um, I mean, moving on, an, another game that maybe okay. didn't go the way that people may oh, yeah. have. Uh, scene was at Easter Road. Um, Hibs losing 3-2 to uh, a last-minute header from Alex Grieve. Uh, St Mirren were absolutely phenomenal in, in the first half. Probably one of the best yeah. um, first-half performances they've ever put in. Uh, I've heard some of their, their fans quoting. I mean, Mikey, did you see much of the Hibs-St Mirren game? What's your analysis yeah. Um, so obviously I was, I was up in Aberdeen over the weekend. Um, I still caught my fair share of cinch action. It would be extremely rude of me not to. And <laughs> as I, as I, um, had sort of just to, just to give myself a wee pat on the back here. Um, I did, I did say St. Mary, we're going to be good going into this season. Um, you know what, if I could turn back time, I would probably reinforce that point even more. Um, St. Mary really came out of the blocks looking sharp, looking hungry, um, 2-0 up in tw- inside 20 minutes at Easter Road. The bad a Hibs side are, which Hibs were poor, obviously. It doesn't matter how poor Hibs are. To do that as a team that's traditionally a bottom six side is is really good. Um, the players, their squad looks stronger with every game. The players that they've got look better and you hear more about them. Mark O'Hara, by the end of the season, if he's still at St Mirren, he won't be here next year. He won't be here for 24, 25. And if, and if he is, then it's going to be an absolute miracle because he's already being looked at as one of the best ballers in the league. Um, I thought he was going to have a good season uh, and he's and he's totally commanded that first half at Easter Road. Yeah. Uh, Hibs couldn't get near that submitted midfield. Um, and you know what? It's just a real testament to what they've been building for such a long time now. Uh, what Stephen Robinson's been building. Uh, a lot of people don't really like Stephen Robinson. They kind of have it out for him. But similar to McInnes, who has his sort of critics as well, I think Stephen Robinson is really doing a, a great job there. Uh, I mean, obviously, you just look at the way that that, that St. Mirren side played. I've never seen a team that looks so fired up uh, going into the first game of the season. And Hibs just didn't know how to cope. Uh, I mean, obviously came back into it um, in the second half. Uh, and then, like, there is a hint maybe of bad luck about getting, maybe not bad luck, but, just St Mirren sort of nabbing that late goal. It was in the balance at that point. So it seems maybe slightly worse for Hibs fans, but you've just got to once again say, like, what a day out that must have been for the Saints boys because that bounce looked, oh, honestly, I would have loved to have been in that St Mirren end. Yeah, you're spot on, Mikey. I, I think I think um, St Mirren, all the plaudits must go to them for that first half performance. It could have been three, four, it felt like, uh, towards, you know, the end of the first half, Marco had, yeah. as you said, was absolutely running the show. I did have doubts um, at the start for St Mirren when their their uh, Mandron was uh, had to come off. He didn't have to play. He couldn't play, and yeah. he had to start Olasanya. But Olasanya absolutely terrorised that hips defence. His, yeah, exactly. his pace and behind was causing the the yeah. back two of ours absolute nightmare. So no, hats off to them. But I mean, for in a hips sort of standpoint, obviously being a hips fan. That is extremely, extremely disappointing. Even oh, if it man. did finish 2-2, it is just completely and utterly painting over the cracks for what is 
an absolute shambles. Uh, there can be yeah. no other way to describe it. I mean, the the team that started the final game of the, the season last year the, against Hearts and the 1-1 draw, David Marshall, Lewis Miller, Will Fish, Paul Hannon, Leuven Stevenson, Jago, Cadden, Doyle Hayes, Newell, Yuan and Nisbet. The, now, since then, we've signed several players who've spent about £2.7 million in the transfer window. And the opening game against St Mirren at home, we start David Marshall, Del Ferry, <laughs> Fish, Hanlon, Stevenson, Doyle Hayes, Newell, Boyle, Campbell, Yulan, Doy. So it's more or less the same team. We've got seven of the same, same players, but we've started a guy that was playing up front for Kilmarnock last year oh, and a right-back who was at Edinburgh City. Um, I mean, it's it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing yeah. to to, yeah. to be fielding that team to kickstart the season when we've made all these signings. I mean, I'm I'm a fan. Obviously, I'm not in amongst it. I don't see them in training. I don't see this, that, and the next thing. But for me, when you've made all these signings and you want to get fresh ideas and fresh legs in, why not start Wallacott on goals? Um, yeah. You could have um, Obita starting. You could have Lewis Miller starting, Will Fish, Paul Hanlon. And then we could have, you know, Joe Newell, um, and Levitt start in the middle with Jago maybe behind them uh, and and start Yuan Boyle and you can have a toss up between Lafondra and Doyle. It just seems a lot more exciting than that and it's almost the team that he's tried to build and he's just not put it on the park. It just makes it's absolutely so no sense. It's bizarre, um, it really is. And do you know what? I feel like Crow, is, uh, as a Hibs fan yourself, you probably would be more in amongst it. I wouldn't say he'd be going to training and stuff, but uh, you'd be more in amongst it if, if the team was something to be really proud of and I feel like a lot of Leithers, a lot of Hibs fans are almost distancing themselves from Hibs at the moment a little bit just because they don't want to get hurt anymore because it's just too shit to just see the same team, the, the same stuff going on this for this long and just no change. You've got, like you say, boys on the bench um, who, who have been signed and for no purpose, apparently. Um, yep. Yeah, Hibs are a club that really seem to be lost of or, or bereft of identity at the moment so yeah no ab- absolutely and and i mean it's going to be it's a big game on thursday i know you predicted 3-1 but i'm really really struggling to to see ways no. of hibs um beating this team uh, and I'm, that might be me being quite pessimistic uh, as a hibs fan and i mean we've grown to be like that as fans but i am a very very um you know, optimistic guy in general, but with him, yeah. one thing that I do find very hard to get behind. So we'll see how they get on. I mean, yeah. the next game of the season is going to be a tough one away in Motherwell. Um, if we win Thursday night and then we beat Motherwell, things are all fine and dandy. But yeah. <laughs> realistically, I cannot see that happening um, as but it then, stands. But. but then, like, is fine and dandy, you know, like a lot of Hibs fans now are obviously wanting Lee Johnson to go win these next two games. And then lose your next three games. And then, do you know, like, how long does Lee Johnson, how does he keep buying himself this extra time? Yeah, you're, you're right, you're right. And yeah. it's, it's, it's one of those, it's like Hibs have been very, very um, hands-on with getting rid of managers uh, left, right and centre. And they've, this time, I think they've taken a plunge on Lee Johnson to, to get behind him and let him try and craft his project. Yeah. Um, and it's... I mean, it feels like he, he did, you know, I thought he signed well in the summer. I thought we had quite an exciting team. Still somehow didn't manage to sign a, a central defensive midfielder or a new, you know, centre-half for Paul Hanlon. But hey-ho, it is what it is. Uh, but yeah. other places on the pitch looked like we were going to have an exciting season. It's just totally backfired. It's just a bit of a it's a bit of a kick in the balls, to be honest with you, the way that the first game went. Yeah. But, well, you, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Long, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So long, season up, you know. Um, just one one last point um, on on St Mirren before we we move on quickly. So St Mirren have got their next run of games right. 
Dundee uh, at home, which you reckon would be quite a full ground. Sumerian fans will surely be behind their team there. You've got Motherwell at home, a bit of a local derby. Then you've got Aberdeen at home. If you go into the Aberdeen game as St Mirren and you've taken maximum points so far, beating Dundee and Motherwell at home, and you can take this Aberdeen team on, like, what does that say for St Mirren's season? Suddenly the expectations are going to go right through the roof. Um, and I'm on and I'm on the hype train, baby. Choo-choo! Let's go! <laughs> Right, you, I think he's going to be putting a fiver on St Mirren to finish third after this. Like. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Now, talking of the Dons, the Dons do play um, Celtic this weekend, who's the team that we're going to jump into now. Uh, Celtic, obviously, uh, yeah. treble winners, new manager, Brendan Rodgers. They looked a bit rusty against Ross yeah. County. There is no denying that, but a team that's looking rusty still managed to put four past Malky Mackay's fired-up county squad. I mean, do you see them being treble winners again this year, Mikey? Um, I, I, I don't, to be honest. Um, I think that's hopefully, just for the rest of us, maybe gone on a bit too long. Uh, I can see one of the other clubs pinching a cup, uh, maybe even two cups, um, which would be absolutely lovely to see, I think. Just, you know, a bit of variety in the game and all that. Um, I don't fear for Celtic season at all. I don't think the competition's as close to them as it should be, but... I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last season. Um, I don't know. There was a lot of analysis going on about how um, Brendan's team was so dra- and his tactical style was so drastically different from Ange's. And like, yeah, no, it it was definitely, but like, this it was the same sort of thing, you know. Like, they were a wee bit leaky at the back. They were of the school of we're going to score more goals than you kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, and they did that basically. And the, the scoreline it does flatter Ross County a little bit. It was. 3-1 or 3-0 going into the last the last sort of portion of the game um so you know it was it like it was a late goal that it was a consolation that, that made it look a bit closer than it was I think but but you know at the same time all credit to County they've gone to uh, the hardest ground probably in Scotland at the moment um they've not embarrassed themselves for a team that's going to be probably down there this season uh, so they can definitely take a bit of heart from that um but yeah I, I think I don't think Celtic fans need to fear much uh, I, I just think that it's going to be maybe a season where they're not quite as good as they were and they're sort of adjusting to this new manager, new tactics, uh, new way of thinking uh, and going into into next season or even going into into uh, the next window where Brendan can sort of get his hands dirty and, and continue to build his vision of what Selig, uh, Selig squad should look like. Yeah, and, and yeah. I mean, I mean, Celtic—they just—they've—they've they've won their opening game. They put four past Ross County without yeah. playing too great. So fair, yeah. fair play to them. I, I mean, I think um, they looked sound enough that it's hard to really judge. And as you say, I don't think that there's going to be anyone close to them in the league. It's just whether or not they can start building up enough steam to then, you know, go and do some damage in Europe, go and do Europe, a treble yeah. again. Because these are the, the expectations of the club. The expectations of the Celtic Football Club right now are, you know, to win a treble and to get out of your group in, in Europe. Yeah. I think in the Champions League is the next step for them. So, you know, we'll see We'll see how Brendan does. Um, yeah. they're still Having in- said that about the Cups, though, is Brendan is, Brendan is a master of the knockout format. Yeah. Like, he really is. Um so you know when I when I when you think about it a bit more, like it is so easy to envision Brendan just lifting a League Cup and a Scottish Cup and the title, you know, all this season as well. Um, I would like uh, I would like that to not happen, um, just because you know, I, I, as pretty much every other Scottish football fan would like to see not happen. Um, but 
you know, it's funny that we're sitting here talking about how Celtic maybe don't look at it yet. They've still put four past Ross County on the opening on the opening day of the season. Yeah. That look, look absolutely sound, really. There's there's not really much more to say than that about their about their team. No, absolutely, and I, and I think <laughs> I think you're just hopeful that uh, St Mirren are going to maybe win a trophy since you're completely <laughs> yeah. on the bandwagon. <laughs> I just want to quickly touch on Ross County. I think um, Ross County, having watched the game, um, Ross County could have been one two 0 up uh, within the first five ten right, minutes, yeah. and they really came out the blocks quick. And I was quite surprised by Ross County and how well they actually performed in that first 10-15 minutes. They looked a far better side um, than I did expect. Simon Murray yeah. looks uh, sharp this season. Um, Danda as well is looking good. But oh, yeah. one thing that I would like to, to comment on Ross County and one thing that I really, really liked um, from them coming away from that game is they, they came and took the game to Celtic. They didn't just camp in. They didn't just sit and let Celtic come on them. And Malky Mackay actually said that after the match. He was like, that's not how you play the old firm. Um, we need to go and attack them and albeit we know they've got better firepower than us and they're most likely going to score more goals than us but we're going to try and take the game to them and he yeah. seemed really 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 fired up Malachi Mackay um, and well, it was great to see it was, it was great yeah, yeah, to yeah. see he got booked but he looked raging in his, uh, his <laughs> post-match conference so, like, you know like you said when you when you get opportunities they had the opportunities and when you get those opportunities you got, you've got to take them right there and then, especially in those games. So that's probably, I imagine, will be playing into his frustrations a bit. But, you know, like I, I said, County would be be down there. I don't mean I don't think they'll be relegated or anything like that, um, but they'll be battling away, trying to push into the top six kind of thing. And, you know, um, we did predict that they could be one of the dark horses. And when you've got a Simon Murray looking as sharp as he does, banging them in all the way leading up to the season then, you know, and I'm a big Jan Danda fan as well. Um, absolute playmaker, baller, and like, I don't know, the, the name's just cool. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I think Ross County are going to be one of those teams in a mix. And I mean, it's just exciting after seeing Kelly's performance, Ross County and uh, St Mirren. It's just, you know, wow. Yeah. It's, and then you see the, the other end of the stick with, with uh, Hebs and we'll, we'll come on to Dons in a moment. But of course. yeah, um, I mean, Celtic look yeah. like they'll be, uh, like may as well give them the trophy now sort of thing. Yeah. I probably <laughs> might as well, to be fair. Um, but the the thing is, right, you're going to have possibly with, like you mentioned, strong Kelly, strong Simmerin, strong uh, Ross County. You're going to you might have this weird sort of mid table battle going on this season. And you could see some of the the bigger teams, your your Hibs, Aberdeen Hearts, maybe dropping into that even, um, which is quite interesting. It's going to be it, it bodes well for a long and very eventful season of everybody beating everybody, basically. So, yeah. No, absolutely. That's what the opening, the opening uh, fixture has foretold us by the, by the yeah. looks of things. And, and I mean, talking of, we may as well jump into the Dons. Um, they they played the slugfest of the week. At oh yeah, the Tony Macaroni. I mean, Livingston's pitch doesn't do anyone any favors whatsoever. But I mean, as a Dons man, what were you coming away thinking from that game? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of an uninspiring way to start the season, I guess, but. At the same time, I'm I'm really not that bothered. Like a lot of Aberdeen fans will be extremely negative. There's a guy who's at uh, Mr. Rory West. Um, shout out to the the previous guest of last week's podcast. Um, at his work, a fellow Aberdeen fan already calling for Robson's head. Obviously, <laughs> um, you know uh, Aberdeen have started the season quietly. Obviously, we got like when you, if you can spin it in this way, a positive sense. We played. A very hard away ground. Livy 
is famously really difficult at this point. Everyone thought that they might have eased off it this season, and it doesn't look like they have. They're still going to be playing that exact same style of football, um, which has been heavily criticised, obviously. Um, um, there was an interesting quote from David Martindale, and he said that in Scotland, a game like that is talked about as being this dog shit slugfest um, with no no creative, uh, creative chances, no quality in the game. And if that game had been played in Italy, it would be all about this extremely tactical and on-the-line defending, um, well-organised, structured football kind of thing. So, you know, I, I do feel like in games like this, which aren't entertaining for the fans, they're just, they're just not, um, but you do have to have some kind of appreciation for them, maybe. Uh, we as Scots are, are extremely self-critical people, uh, and there's nothing that enrages everybody more than a nil-nil generally as a football fan. So it's easy to see why there's frustration but I don't think that Aberdeen fans need to need to sort of be moaning about it too much. There are a couple of positives, you know, four and a half thousand traveling fans. Yeah. While they wouldn't have been happy with what they've seen, like it's just brilliant to see any support traveling in that kind of number. Um, the boy uh, Rubizic, Slobodan Rubizic, who slotted in at centre half, um, a signing from the summer, was apparently um, what I've heard uh, the man of the match. I tried to see what I could, but it was on a dodgy stream. Um, so it was kind of breaking up a lot, but from guys that were at the game said that he was he was stick on man of the match, basically. Uh, who also injured my dark horse, um, Bruce Anderson, with a really serious <laughs> head injury, apparently. Um, so there you go, that's the curse of the tour, uh, coming to the front and biting us back there. Yeah, curse of the tour is well and live. First game of the season, <laughs> Mikey's dark horse, Bruce Anderson, is stretchered off <laughs> <laughs> in oh, hospital. And that, like, honestly, uh, the first thing I saw on Twitter. Or, uh, or X or whatever, when I refreshed it was uh, just a picture of Bruce Anderson getting stretchered off. I was like, I cannot believe this. Like, already got <laughs> in face one week into the season. Um, he's going to bang in 20, 25 goals, I think I said, but uh, he's not going to do that from his hospital bed, is he? So, lucky <laughs> no, Bruce. No. <laughs> no, but I mean, one thing that I have taken from that is we need to get David Martindale across to Italy managing UV. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. oh, no, man, but... that, that guy would do a job at like, I don't know, a Lecky or uh, uh, <laughs> Kievo Verona. I can see him doing a job at Kievo Verona. <laughs> but, no, uh, no, but... I, think, I don't think Aberdeen fans uh, need to be too troubled. Um, it's a quiet start to the season, which can sometimes be not too bad because going into next week, we're still kind of an unknown quantity against Celtic. What footage Celtic have got is going to be 90 minutes of the ball in the air. Um, you know, the stats from the match, 53% possession to Livingston, 47% possession to Aberdeen, two shots on goal for Livingston, zero shots on goal for Aberdeen. And that's it. There you go. Both, both under one XG, you know, so there's not going to be a lot of footage for Brendan to look at, which is kind of a good thing in some, in some ways. You know, we maybe didn't play our best, but... We've just been saving it up for the visit of uh, of Celtic, I think. So, we'll I mean, Mikey, it. if every uh, Aberdeen fan had your optimism, they would be a complete <laughs> different kettle of fish. Like. Aye. <laughs> yeah, <that's it. laughs> no, but I, I think I totally, I totally and utterly uh, agree with you. I think going to Livingston and you know battling out, it's never going to be a good football game. You're there for a battle. You're there for a fight. And if you can come away without getting a dodgy one 0 loss and whatnot, teams like Hibs, teams like Hearts, St Mirren, Motherwell, they will go there and have a dodgy one 0 loss. So to come away nil nil, first game of the season, it's a bit nervy. Everything's a bit up in the air. It's not a disaster at all. It really no, it, is not. It's far it from it. Um, it's people, fine. It's fine. That's it. Yeah. You know, 
about people calling for his head, that is madness. It's, it's absolute madness. Oh, but, it's so, um, so stupid. I think, I think Livingston can take positives from the game. I think they've proven again that uh, the Tony Macaroni will be a fortress and it will be hard right. to go and pick up three points. The pitch is fucking brutal. Like, there's nothing oh, you can yeah. do about it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how Livingston go on, but I think yeah. they're going to be sound. They'll I think be they're gonna I be think sound. They've, proven, they've proven that they're going to be just the Livingston that we all know and hate again this season, which is absolutely genius for them. Uh, like, you know what? They, they, all, they've, they've almost reached the Hamilton Aki's sort of status now where everyone's kind of sick of them and stuff. And like, they're the ultimate heels. And you've just got to give them massive credit for sticking in for so long and winding everybody up so much. Yeah. Um, you know, they've just signed uh, a bit of a legend, uh, cult hero, uh, Keegan Jacobs, South African centre midfielder. Uh, so he's going to boost their sort of uh, their playmaking options. So, you know, like they've, they've increased their ability to score goals once again. Um, Livy are going to be absolutely fine this season, I think. Yeah. Unless yeah. unless something happens to Martindale, he gets taken up by another job or... or something something happens and he resigns or whatever i don't know some unforeseen circumstance but as long as they've got him at the helm and they've got this squad playing for him they will be definitely fine i ah, well if we have the uh kivo verona manager listening in they might be pinching <laughs> him now like so <laughs> yeah <laughs> no wow. you're right you're right and and just quickly mikey before we move on from the dons yeah. living game i mean as you, as we've noted celtic at the weekend what is your honest and you know um Aberdeen glass, tinted glasses off pr- yeah, uh, yeah. prediction. Yeah, um, pff, mate, the the early kickoffs against Celtic at home, uh, they just they just never seem to go right. Celtic is just oh, the one. I feel like most teams have one of the old firm they prefer to play. Aberdeen famously always raise their game against Rangers. Um, I would love to just see us kind of shut up the really negative Dons fans and put on an attacking display, get right at them, use big Malky's advice and just sort of harass them all game, get in their face. Um, I can't see us winning, unfortunately, and I can see a meltdown happening. Um, but do you know what? I I would love to see it. So I'm going to go with my heart, not my head, and I'm going to say 3-1 Aberdeen. <laughs> oh, there we go. Mikey Tagger yeah. going with his heart, not his head. That is not a first. That is not a first. <laughs> Never ends love well. Love to see it. Love to see it. Right, you're getting all your... Uh, you're getting all your betting tips uh, free if you're listening this far into the podcast. But move, moving on, moving on to a game that uh, was up in Perth. It was a, as a 2-0 win, comfortable win in the end for Heart of Midlothian. I mean, St. Johnson to begin the game had, you know, they had, a, they had a few little moments, a few little blips, but ultimately they just melted and they did look like the dog shit team that they were in the League yeah. Cup and that did come out to play. Yeah. I mean... Can you see any hope at this point for St Johnston making? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, it is. It still is just game one of the season. I mean, I do, I, I can't see much hope for Stevie McLean if I'm being honest. I think his timer's ticking already. His coat's on a shugly peg. You know, whatever cliche you kind of want to use to describe the fact that he's absolutely fucked. Um, he will be getting sacked at some point. I don't think you can really question that. It's just a case of when. Um, I was quite happy in a way that they didn't get smashed by Hearts because. Like you say, like you said, they they melted a wee bit and they easily could have lost by more. I'm just kind of happy to see that fight in them. Uh, still, like obviously they're going to have the fight in them. It's the first game of the season, but it's just good to see that they're not just getting going out and getting embarrassed straight off the bat. There's definitely hope for them, but I don't think it's with this manager. And I think they're going to need a few faces through the door, or like I said on the first uh, the preview for the first week, 
Um, I think they're going to need the young boys to maybe step up a little bit and yeah. sort of help help pull them out of this mess that they've gone into. Because you know, one thing just quickly, Aaron, before before I hand over to you, um, the the board, the St Johnston board is, I don't know what they're playing at. They just they just don't seem to be giving the fans back for what they've done. You know, they they must have a bit in the coffers. They must have something because you know they've had six, a lot of success recently and. You just don't see the that being reciprocated by through transfer budgets, through managerial appointments, uh, whatever it is. Um, it's just not been it's not been given back to the fans or the squad, and that's completely shown. And that's why they're the favourites to go down this season. Yeah, and I think you're you're right again. There, I think St Johnston have been heavily let down uh, to yeah. get the to be in this position after what they done a few years ago with the cup double is it's remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable to be sat in this position being yeah. favourites. I mean, I, I listened to Stephen McLean's um, his his interview after the game, and he's he's coming out and saying to oh, I was in there with the boys saying we'll be fine, and I'm thinking like if your managers turn around saying we'll oh. be fine. After a game, yeah. it just sets no confidence. It's like almost in his oh, head that he knows everybody is is looking down on them already, and and they won't be fine. End of the day, a, a two 0 loss against Hearts where they didn't really create that much. No. That that's not it's not fine. It's not good. Not so Johnson fine. should be a hard that place home. to go. Yeah. Um, four four teams, and when your team's spines made up of Dre Wright, you know McGowan and and fucking Stevie May up top, it's oh, it's man. gonna be an absolute grind of a season. So I mean St Johnson. I'm really, honestly, really worried for them at the moment. It's hard for them not. It's hard not to be worried for them. However, they've got a game county away at the weekend, and it's almost looking like a banker to county at this current yeah. moment of play. But you know, the, the the Scottish league does weird things to teams, and things yeah. can happen very quickly. But I mean, we could talk about the the dismantle of St Johnson Lodge, but I think a lot of credit has to go to Hearts. I mean, everyone expected Hearts to probably win this game, but I think they've done it in a very comfortable manner. And I'm actually yeah. quite surprised at how decent Hearts are looking um, now after the first game of the season. They've made a good few signings with Alex Lowry coming in, Tarawa. Yeah. Uh, they just signed this new boy, Vargas, as well. It's quite yes. exciting times all of a sudden for Hearts. When we were just yeah. only one week ago saying, you know, they've been a bit so flat buzz. in the transfer window yeah. and there's no real buzz. Um, so, I mean, what's your take on, on Hearts after seeing the, their opening game? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. There's, you know, that's all it takes, is it really, in the Scottish leagues. Uh, one week, um, you're sort of down in the dumps and the next week you're you're absolutely buzzing with what, what your team's producing. Uh, and that is certainly the case for Hearts fans right now, I think. Uh, that Oda boy scoring... Um, kind of proving a thing that we were saying last week about he needs to he needs to get in amongst it. He's gotten straight in amongst it. Like that'll give Hearts fans so much uh, confidence going forward. Um, they suddenly look like they're they're right up for it. Um, and and yeah, I, I think at this point in time you're probably out of the the three Hibs, Hearts, and Aberdeen. Like obviously Hearts fans are going to be the happiest um, looking forward uh, to the future, and it gives them a lot of confidence going into the Rosenberg tie at the weekend. You know, when you go to a, a ground uh, like St Johnston's right now, where it's going to be flat because there's nothing around St Johnston, and you are going in as the absolute favourites, but you're not, you're not a Celtic and you're not a Rangers, but you're still heavy, heavy, heavy favourites. Like that is a lot of pressure. Add to that yeah. as the opening game of the season, um, and you know what? They put in a professional performance. They got the three points. They went down the road to Tynecastle. Uh, and I think Hearts fans uh, should be very excited, um, looking forward to, to Europe. Uh, you know, I did predict that they would maybe get beaten in Rosenborg in, in uh, away away from home there, but I, I just think that 
it's a really hard place to go. I don't think it'll be because they're bad. I just think that they need to get back to Tyne Castle unscathed and do the job there. Yeah, so, no, yeah. You're, you're you're right, Mikey. You're right, and and I think the the way you you uh, labelled it as professional performance couldn't be summed up any better. I think Hearts yeah. done the job that was expected of them, but they'd done it in a, a manner which showed themselves off a wee bit as well on top. So, I mean, yeah. all the best to them. Nah, that's complete bollocks. <laughs> I hope they get fucking swords in Rosenberg. That, yeah. <laughs> I hope they get. But I think if they come away from Rosenberg with a one defeat, they'll be over the moon. I know Jamie yeah, Cowan will be grinning yeah, yeah. from ear to ear if. Yeah. Um, if that is the, the case. But yeah. I I mean, we'll see how hearts get on. I think in terms of the, the, the race for third, as we're calling it, it's going to be, we're going to have different opinions week in, week out, but they all yeah. of a sudden cemented themselves as, as the, the favourites for that, in my yeah. humble and ever so fruitful opinion. But Maybe, maybe yeah. Rangers could be favourites for it. <laughs> Sit in a second. But I mean, that leads us to our last game at, at Dens Park, where... Um, I mean, done. It was an absolute. The weather was absolutely horrific. I thought I was going to get called off at one point where Motherwell took uh, a one 0 lead at half time for half time for Theo yeah. Bear, and then Lyle Cameron equalised in the second half to, to finish yeah. it one one. Do you think a draw was a fair result in that game, Mikey? I think it is a fair result. I think both sets of fans are going to be happy with it. I think Dundee maybe slightly more happy. Obviously, um, it's never nice to lose your opening game especially if it's at home and, you know, just cover it up. You would obviously maybe take it on the chin a wee bit more, um, but but it, it kind of gives them, like like the Hearts fans, gives them a bit of confidence or whatever going forward. The fact that they can dig themselves out of a 1-0 of a hole against a famously tricky side to negotiate in Motherwell. Um, Lyle Cameron being able to score in the top flight, like that is that shows a lot of promise. Um, I mentioned, mentioned him last week, um, you know, I think he could really, really be a special player um, going forward. He he sits in that sort of number 10 role and who doesn't love the number 10 role? Like, see when you get a player in that position who's actually good, who scores goals, the shadow striker sort of playmaker type, like everyone's just going to love love him at Dundee because he's he's a youth product. He's, he's all the things that you think of when you think of a fan's favourite. Um, so I couldn't be happier for him to get a, to get a goal on the first game of the season in his top flight debut uh, maybe it's just because he fired me up the leagues with uh with dundee um and fm 16 <laughs> as well or, or 19 or whatever it was but yeah um uh, I, i'm quite happy for dundee um motherwell maybe slightly more disappointed with the result considering they went one up two um but you know like these are the these are the two teams that I think are going to be the hardest to to estimate exactly what they're going to do all season. Like we mentioned, Dundee are a bit of a wild card, um, quite a fun team. And Motherwell, uh, they look good, but like Motherwell are just always Motherwell. You just they're so unpredictable, very inconsistent side. Um, so yeah, I think both both sets of fans and both squad managers will be happy to share a piece going into into the next uh, round of fixtures. Yeah, no, you're you're right again. They're making. I think I draw is completely and utterly a, a fair result um, yeah. from from this game. One one. Uh, I hats off to Dundee when I did see it coming through that Motherwell were one 0 up. I was thinking, mm, is is Dundee just going to be a bit shite this year and and lose yeah. games like this? But yeah. the fact that Tony Doherty got them fired up and and got them back in the game, and you know they arguably could have went on and won that game. Uh, maybe if anyone had the slight better of it, I would have probably yeah. said Dundee maybe edged it, but. Dundee the penalty okay. as well. I don't know if you saw saw that at all, but there was like 
the the Dundee goalie um Legsdens was handling the ball and um <laughs> I did see that. Other player was, but he like he like brushed the ball while it was in the goalie's hand. Like yeah, that's like, that's what you call a grey area right there. I, I have yeah. no idea. Is that a pen? Like is it a handball? <laughs> what, what, what would your opinion be on that, Crow? Do you think? Yeah, I know. I, I personally, personally, I think I would be very fucked off if that got given against me, and I also True. wouldn't be that bothered if it happened against me. Um, I think, I think if someone just taps the ball when it's in the goalie's hand, it's not like he's cheating or obstructing play yeah, or doing okay, anything yeah. that's outlandish. Yeah. Um, it's not something that would annoy. I think from a sporting point of view, I think that would be very, very cheap to give it. I mean, letter of the law, he's handballed it. There's no, there's no denying that. But yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't be if it happened against me, unless it was against Ryan Hearts or the old firm, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. um, but um, no. Yeah, but that's the thing, is it? It's like that would be one where the refs maybe making it about himself a little bit or whatever, and yeah, it kind of yeah. creates a bit of unnecessary controversy, I guess. So yeah, both I, sets I, of I, like, uh, both sets of teams have gone home happy. Um, who needs to generate? any more controversy like Scottish football is dramatic enough <laughs> exactly no you're spot on mate quick note uh, actually Crow sorry just uh, um, it, on that you know like I'm, I'm reading a thing saying that the um, this weekend was the most attended um, SPFL opening weekend of, of all time so 133,000 supporters oh sorry the second most attended second most attended but Still, you know, like it just shows you how much um, the fans are are up for it at this at this moment in time. I feel like every set of supporters are up for it in various ways. Um, I just love to see love to see it back, and every result uh, that we've gone through in the top flight has has been brilliant in their own ways. Really, yeah, just no, so much yeah, excitement. Mikey, I think I think uh, the product of football in Scotland in general has got a real buzz about it. Obviously, that being led at the forefront by the national team doing well is getting yeah. more people wanting to watch football. And you know, in my in my job that I do, I speak with football clubs all the time and and yeah. sort of amateur leagues in the west of Scotland, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And teams at this level have got a serious buzz about their football, and they're bringing in crowds and they're bringing in more money. Yeah. And it's just a good general buzz about the game from yeah. you know from the bottom all the way up to the top. And it's great yeah. to see that many people coming out and uh, watching their teams play. So yeah. it's great, it's great, and long may it continue. Uh, long Brilliant. may it continue. It's brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Sorry, carry on, Adam. I just think the product that we've got going on at the moment is just absolutely superb, yeah. and it's great for it to be actually getting some proper highlighted credence um, totally. for once. And that's, that's you know, exactly what we aim to do, really, isn't it? Is like trying to generate a bit of hype because there's a lot of there's a lot of bad uh, coverage and there's a lot of negativity around around our game in general. And I think there's a tendency to maybe mistake the game getting poorer because teams like St Mirren can go to Easter Road now and win three two. Which didn't uh-huh. happen ten years ago. It just, it just, it, it might have happened, but it was a rarity. Now you can see it happening week in, week out, um, and I just think that's a, a sort of symptom of the game actually improving overall as a, as an entire product. Teams like Johnston Berg signing, uh, signing Graham Torrens and, and Kyle Laffrey, you know, uh, Ian Black going to Trinent a while ago and stuff. That was like the the initial sort of wave of it, and and it's happened all the way down to the ninth tier. And it's happening all the way up in the top flight. Um, so, yes, as you said, long may it continue. 
Yeah, long may it continue. And I think that's a, a good way for us to, to end this evening. Just quickly touching upon, you know, the lower leagues, me and Mikey have uh, ventured to Whitehill Welfare, where we are going to be posting some content in the coming weeks. So do keep an eye out for that across various platforms. And do give us a follow on Twitter uh, at Tour OT Terraces. But um, we look forward to doing our little tour and showcasing all these grounds uh, in and amongst Scottish football. It's very, okay. very exciting stuff. And, and we look forward to presenting it to you. Mikey, you got any yeah. closing words on that at all? Uh, yeah, no, well, I mean, for, for us, for our listeners, for Scottish football fans, it's very exciting. Um, some people, maybe uh, not so much, but, you know, they're boring. Who cares about them? Uh, <laughs> Scottish football's back and, and we're all we're all bloody loving it, aren't we? So, yeah. Thank you very much, Mikey. Well, thanks for your time and enjoy the rest of your evening. Cheers, mate. Excellent. Yes, you too, Aaron. Thanks. Thanks for catching up. We'll, we'll speak next week and uh, we'll generate some kind of thing. We're not really sure what we're doing yet for, for next week's podcast, but uh, we'll, we'll think of something. We'll lock our heads together. Yeah, don't <laughs> we will oh, be yes. here. And, uh, I'll have a good night, everyone. Thank you. Cheers now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.